Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today. We finally made it to Friday. I'm sure everybody is very excited and happy that it is finally the weekend, 4th of July weekend to be exact. I'm sure a lot of people's got a lot of plans with families and uh, uh, friends and getting out and about. And so be careful this weekend. Watch for your motorcyclist and uh, don't get distracted by your stupid phones i was behind somebody uh the other day that uh they see they weaving i mean you can tell you see the phone in her hand and i just makes me so mad so be careful and uh watch what you're doing and uh this could be a very fun weekend or it could be a very sad weekend so be very careful don't drink don't hold fireworks in your hands and uh, if you have animals outside, either bring them in or make sure they've got their uh, tags on them so they can be identified uh, because uh, these, all these, everybody wants to shoot off the fireworks. I love fireworks, don't get me wrong, but it, uh, man, it freaks my dogs out and uh, that's the only aspect I hate about it. So be kind of, be aware of people. They could, uh, it's, uh, people get, want to get stupid sometimes <laughs> when we have the holidays. So it is what it is. So. All right, who we have here this morning? We've got Jennifer Honeycutt, Lois Adams, and several more watching this morning. So appreciate all you wonderful people, and it is a happy Friday indeed. All right, let's go ahead and let us, if you are able, to stand and let us do the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Thank the Lord for us to be able to say that wonderful pledge each and every day, even though there are so many who blatantly disrespect it. And uh, if you're like me, it really ticks you off, makes you angry. And, uh, you know, it's uh, no, no shock or surprise to see that uh, this current administration is all about power and taking over. Uh, the, uh, they wanted to pack the Supreme Court, which is no shock. We knew they were, that was their goal, uh, when they were elected. They didn't really make a big secret about it because if they could pack that Supreme Court, then when issues like abortion come up, uh, same sex issues, uh, of course they, they can, uh, have the power to, it doesn't matter, uh, what, uh, the people want, uh, those in power will make the decisions whether you like it or not. And uh, that's exactly what they're about. They don't care about us. They don't give a, uh, a rat's derriere uh, about us. They want power. And why do you think, just like I was watching or reading, reading this morning, rather, uh, good morning, Angie Blevins, um, that uh, uh, there's a whole group of, uh, or actually the whole uh, employees of McDonald's walked out, closed the doors, walked out. Uh, because, I don't know if they're short-staffed or they just didn't want to work, but that's what the government's doing. They're just they're paying them to stay home. And uh, that's not good. People, we're, we're going down a slippery path of socialism. So we've got to be uh, very, very careful. So uh, be praying for our country. Be praying for our nation's leaders. And, you know, this is no longer a, uh, uh, I think, to me, it's more above and beyond a Democrat or Republican issue. This is where we're getting into some uh, more just between right and wrong i mean you know for the sake of our country is uh at stake and it is uh not a good not a good but like i said these things got to happen before christ returns and uh it just just this you know it's not to say we're to sit back and do nothing but at the same time it shouldn't be a big surprise either all right let's go ahead and look at our verse this morning we'll look at first samuel seventeen forty seven. so let me bring that up here so you can read along 
And it says, In this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And again, that's 1747 of First Samuel. And um, I would, uh, if with if you don't mind, which it really doesn't matter if you do or not, I want to read it anyway. <laughs> I want to read the uh, English Standard Version of reading its full context here uh, in uh, 1747. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So, I just feel like that... Um, you know, I know a lot of people. I say, and I like uh, I like King James. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good. Uh, uh, I like the way it's written in King James. I uh, preach out of King James, but you know, it is uh, at the same time, it's hard to understand a lot of times. All you know, the theeth and the thouth, and after a while, you feel like it's speaking with a speech impediment. You know, it's uh, uh, it's it's great, and a lot of my verses I've memorized are King James, just because I like the way it's worded. What's the way I grew up. But I like English Standard Version. There's some people out there uh, who will have a hissy fit if you use anything but King James. English Standard Version, do your research, study. You can see that it's probably one of, if not the most accurate translation out there. So, uh, And you're not losing nothing in translation. You know, that's one thing. Uh, you got to remember, God's Word, uh, when it goes out into the world, uh, you know, sometimes the wording has to be changed to, it doesn't change the meaning, doesn't, it doesn't change the inspiration of God's word, but sometimes it has to be changed to understand. I mean, if you go somewhere, I don't know, you know, was it, uh, there's a, it talks about like in, um, I don't know, maybe Africa or somewhere, you know, maybe they've never seen snow. So when you read in there that, um, uh, your sins would be as wide as snow, that would be a foreign concept to them. So they may have to reword it to say as wide as an English feathers or something like that. Then they'd be like, and then they'll have an understanding of what that means. It didn't change the meaning, but it gave it in a way for them to understand. So, you know, the, there's this is the same Bible we've had uh, for thousands of years. The, the, uh, uh, what we found in the Kumaran community uh, in the caves there have backed up, substantiated, and nothing has changed translation. Uh, we can see Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, Deuteronomy, I think, that have been found, and it shows exactly we got the same Bible. So, uh, so don't get so bent out of shape. Now, there are there are those who are King James only, and if you're going to go down that path, then you better get you a fifteen nineteen Bible and try to read that. I mean, that is out there. So, you know, if you uh, if you don't like that, I read out the English Standard Version. That's fine. Read out what version you enjoy. Or used to, that's okay. But I like the ESV for the sake of our studies. Now, good morning, Anita Tester. Uh, so, Lewis verse this morning. You know, uh, you know, we can't help but think about David and Goliath. And uh, I don't know how many of you all have ever seen a giant, but uh, there's some pretty tall people out there. In fact, I was looking at a picture. I think it was yesterday somebody had posted, and it showed the Rock with um, oh, what's his name? That little comedian that's on uh, Jumanji with him. Um, can't remember his name. Anyway, showed a picture with him. Well, Rock, the Rock looked huge next to him. Well, then it showed a picture uh, with the Rock next to uh, I don't know a Shack. I think it was a Shack. Made him look like a midget. Well, there's a picture with Shack with his. Uh, I think he's a Korean guy, basketball player, who made him look like a midget. I mean, it's crazy to see the comparison. Uh, you know, because uh, Shaq, he is so big, you know, uh, that, in fact, I was talking to a guy the other day that uh, uh, where they, with these uh, different motorcycles that are made for Shaq, 
they have to stretch the frame and, and make it so much bigger than a regular motorcycle just so he can drive it, you know. And then here's a guy even bigger than him, you know. So, you know, so, you know, I think about that when I read about, uh, about giants and such, you know, if I was walking with somebody who's, you know, towering over Shaq, could you imagine? I mean, I mean, he'd have to look like a giant. But, you know, when you look at uh, David and Goliath situation, and here David, he was a shepherd boy. You know, you, you see, you, it's interesting how the Bible uses shepherding throughout. Even uh, Abel was probably, the, you know, obviously the first shepherd for King killed him. And then, you know, we see that throughout God's word and how Jesus references that back to that as him being the good shepherd and we are his flock. And you see a lot of comparisons between sheep and people and the fact that Jesus Christ didn't wait on us, but he was proactive and went after us. I thought, I don't know, that's a wonderful thing. And you can see how sheep are easily to wander off and easily get in bad situations and easily, you know, get stuck somewhere. And what does a shepherd do? He goes after them. Well, you know, David, he'd learned a lot, um, being a shepherd, having to fight bears and lions, you know, so, so like uh, <laughs> a wizard of Oz this morning, lions, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. But, you know, he learned how to, to fight those. And so he's coming up, bringing his uh, his brothers, you know, they're on the battlefield. He's bringing them some cheese and food and stuff, trying to help them out a little bit. And uh, he's, he sees, you know, hey, what's going on? His brother, Elab, really, you know, kind of went off on him a little bit. Well, uh David knew, because he had the power of the Lord with him, that he could, hey, you know, here, the Israelites were cowering back here, scared to death. You got Goliath and his people out there taunting them, making fun of God, blaspheming, saying all kinds of horrible, terrible things. You know, fast forward to 2021, 20, you still see people with that kind of attitude. And uh, so David, you know, he goes, when you, think, you know, when you look at the Bible story about when David go picks picks up the stones, you're thinking the little small, little smooth stones. I don't have nothing here to to kind of give you an idea, but really what it was is about the size of a baseball. All right, these the stones that he picked up. So that's what he got was about the size of a baseball. So he comes out there in the in the battlefield, and so all Goliath sees this little kid, little ruddy faced kid. He's got a stick in one hand. Probably don't even pay attention that he's got a slingshot in the other. So he's he's like, man, it's the best you've got in his arrogance. He's like, you know, what's this kid going to do? And he put that slingshot in there. If you ever seen some of these guys, man, that, there's videos out there on YouTube. So you see, where they, I mean, they are so accurate with those slingshots. I mean, it's just as accurate as any gun. And he takes that and just, man, and it just said it, when that hit him in the forehead, Goliath in the forehead, it just sunk right in and it killed him. And then David beheaded him and took his sword. And so it just goes to show, you know, the old devil wants to intimidate. The old devil wants to taunt. The old devil wants to make you think you're weak. The old devil wants to make you think you cannot make it. You cannot overcome the issue. See, see, a lot of people got a lot of Goliaths they have to fight with. There's some people who are addicted to pornography and some other people may not understand that. Uh, you know, that's one thing as Christians, you care about your arrogance towards others. You know, what may seem like no big deal to you may be a major struggle to somebody else. You know, so you got to be, be self-aware of that and not make a lot of something that somebody's going through. You may think, well, what's so big about that? Well, you know, your issue may not be, may not be a big deal to them. But, you know, we all have things we have to fight. But there are those who are dealing with alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography. I mean, you, you know, you list uh, those things that seem to be the Goliath in a lot of people's lives. And it takes um, 
uh, that walk with the Lord. You know, we, we have God's redemptive work within us. We have that regeneration. We become that new creature in Christ Jesus. But it doesn't change the fact that we still have a battle. And uh, we still have to pick up our sword and our shield and that, that armor and get out there and fight. And we have to understand that we are victorious. There's nothing to fear because we have God with us. Just as David faced that giant, God was with him. God is with us now. And we can overcome any obstacles that come our way. No matter how much fearful the devil tries to make it seem, there's nothing to fear because we have God on our side. And I think a lot of Christians forget that. Well, I can't overcome this. I can't do this. On your own, no. You can't overcome this, that, or the other. You can't get through this situation. On your own, we will all fail. You know, just because I'm a pastor, just because the Lord's called me to uh, to preach and to teach, doesn't make me any better than any, of you, any one of you. I mean, we're all sinners. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We're everyone sinners. We all, everyone have issues we have to deal with. You know, that's why I, that's why I told you before, I don't get along real good. Uh, good morning, Karen Smith. Uh, no, not Karen Smith, but uh, I like Karen. <laughs> I don't get along real good with other pastors. Uh, it's because um, they have a sense of arrogance to them, that they're, they're just so spiritually superior to other people. And I don't like that. You know, I know what I am. I know that I'm a wretch. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I screw up. I know the kind of garbage that goes through my head. I know the things that come out of my mouth, and I know how I act, and I hate it. I despise it. And it kills me to think that I hurt Christ. It's like every time I sin, I'm the one driving that spike into Christ's hand. You know, I know I've disappointed God. But at the same time, we have to be careful about heaping all that guilt upon ourselves because we are forgiven. When we are, like I said before, if we forgive our sins, as God's word says, he's faithful and just forgive us our sins. We ask for that forgiveness. And we have to let that guilt go because we have been forgiven. See, the old devil wants to get in there and tell you, hey, you're worthless. You're no good. And it's easy to listen to that because we know we are. And in the uh, in, uh, in ourselves, without God, we are. But with those of us who have given our life to Jesus Christ, we are of great value. We have great price. And don't forget that, that you are a valuable person. You know, that's one thing I've told my daughter. And, of course, she, uh, she uh, as any teenager, she don't like to talk about anything. Uh, you know, and, of course, as, as you, know, you remember as kids, talking about uh, uh, sex or anything like that with your parents was very, you know, you want to tuck, tail, and run. It's, just, it's weird and uncomfortable. And I know that, and I tell her that. But I said, I want to tell you something. I said, there's a reason why God's word says to wait till you get married uh, before having sex, you know. And I said, uh, you, know, you can abstain. And I said that, uh, but remember, you are of great value. You are of, you are of great price. Don't don't cheapen that. Don't don't just give that away so freely because that's a wonderful gift. That's something that uh, is precious. Now, as God, and the sex between married people in the eyes of God is a wonderful and beautiful thing. But those, uh, but the world has perverted that and made it feel like it is uh, acceptable to have sex without outside of marriage, and has perverted what God has put into place. There's a reason why that God says that we become one person, and that's why you see a lot of women staying in abusive relationships because. You know, they've given themselves to that individual. They think they can change that individual. And uh, uh, that bond has been placed there. It's hard to break that. And that's why a lot of women get stuck in bad situations. And not always, but, uh, and of course, you have disease, pregnancy, all those kind of things. But see, the devil wants to make the youth think. See, see how the devil works. You know, he might, you know, that's why the schools won't teach abstinence. They say, oh, it's impossible. It can't happen. It, it can definitely happen without a problem, without a doubt. Uh, but uh, the, see, the devil wants to get in. He wants to plant those seeds of doubt. That's why you got to be careful who you hang with. See, if you hang with those in the world, well, yeah, they're going to promote 
drugs, sex, alcohol. Because I know, because I had friends like it. You know, I was going through a, a difficult time, and I wouldn't live for the Lord. I wouldn't go into church. And they say, "Man, you need to lighten up. You need to loosen up. Hey, let's go out. We'll go drinking tonight." You know, that was their solution. And of course, you know, you, you be around surrounded by people like it, you're going to follow right along, right in with that crowd, and it's going to change your line of thinking. But when you're hanging out with other Christians, say, hey, "Man, I hate you're you're going through that. Let us pray together. Let's see what God's word sees. You see the the, the contrast there." See, we have, we're in this battle, guys, and we got to fight back. And when the old devil is trying to be that Goliath to intimidate us, to look down upon us, to shout at us, to, to scream at us that uh, we are inferior to him, that's where we can stand boldly, as David did, and say, no, I have God on my side. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God is for me, who can be against me? And you can stand up and against those things of the devil. He will no longer be able to intimidate you. And when you stand up knowing God is on your side, he's going to tuck tail and run because he can't stand to be in the sight of God, in the presence of God Almighty. He cannot handle it. He cannot do it. And he's going to run like a whipped dog. So my friends, don't think less of yourselves. Think of the fact that you have to have humility before God, but know where your strength lies. So when you feel that um, that little voice saying, give up, surrender, you're no good, get thee behind me, Satan. I got God on my side. The victory is mine. So uh, as you're going out and about today, what you're dealing with, you give it to God. You rely upon his strength. And uh, don't worry about tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. As I've always said, just take today. Serve it for the Lord. Do your best tomorrow to do the same thing. Those days you mess up, learn from that. Try to do better the next day if God grants you uh, another day to live. And, and, and that one, before you know it, we'll be standing for the Lord and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Let us pray. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this day, your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us in our day-to-day -day battles and struggles. And Lord, help us not to be uh, to over, be overcome by the Goliaths in our lives. Help us to stand true and strong, knowing who is on, in our hearts and who is beside us, in front of us, and behind us. Lord, help us to serve you well with heart, soul, mind, body, and being. Lord, if watching this morning that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, as I pray every morning, I pray for our nation, its leaders, president, vice president. They'll come to know you before it's too late. Lord, I want to lift up our dear brother in Christ, uh, Roger Winters. Uh, Lord, he's, uh, I know he's really struggling right now. I pray healing upon him, strength, and uh, Lord, help him. I pray for Ron Thompson. I pray for Ginger Hood, Wendy Lee, Kim Penix. Lord, I pray for Linda Feathers and David and uh, uh, Jane Kitchings and Brenda Lynch and so many others, Lord, so many who have put prayer requests out there. Be with little Daisy's side, and uh, Lord, pray that you will bring continue to bring healing upon her. Thank you for allowing the procedure to go well yesterday that she was having, and I pray that you will continue to help her and her family. Lord, be with us this day, and be, keep us safe and well in this holiday weekend. Uh, Lord, uh, just let us bring glory to you and, and enjoy the time we have with friends and family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, my friends, I appreciate you guys and gals for watching this morning. Don't forget uh, that uh, we'll have church Sunday morning, July 4th. 
11 a.m., Fountain Life Bible Church, Dr. Vic Young will be bringing the morning message. Then that evening at 6 p.m., we'll be having our uh, first annual Fountain Life Bible Church 4th of July cookout. So come on out and join us. We'll have hamburgers, hot dogs, desserts, and games, fun, and fellowship. So don't want to miss out on that. So come on out and join us. We'll have a great time in the Lord. Hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless.